0: In 2017, I located a box of my late grandfather's memoirs. My sister Justine took it upon herself to organize his quirky tales. We felt a podcast would do his stories justice. While we didn't know him very well, through his words, we have connected with our grandfather in a way like never before. His extraordinarily ordinary memories live on. I'm Janika, and together with my sister Justine, we are the proud granddaughters of Ernest J. Hamer Jr., and you're listening to The Unimportance of Being Ernie podcast. You'll hear a conversational style approach with storytelling and a few Australian history lessons sprinkled in along the way. We hope you enjoy.
1: Chapter 10 Back to Oz. I am excited because there are only two chapters left here. Woohoo! <laughs> How do
2: you feel? <laughs> I've quite enjoyed this uh, saga so far. So I'm looking yes. forward to hearing the end.
1: <laughs> and, and you know what uh, I think that we should explain too? Our grandfather didn't just talk about his army career with his memoirs. We will come back with a second season of his time uh, with the exploration crew up in the northwest of Australia so Mm. there is more there there are many more really funny stories that we have come across which you wouldn't necessarily think about but with that said I shall I start reading or would you like to go ahead
2: oh just briefly before we begin begin while it's on my mind Mm. two days from now um, the 31st of the fifth is National Reconciliation Day here in Australia. So that is yeah that is where we um, listen to stories of the First Nations people uh, about the oh. effect con- colonization had oof, it's gonna be a great story day. <laughs> colonization had uh, on on their people. So just to people who might not really know the term Aboriginal, Uh, or first nations people is all encompassing it's an umbrella term uh they are themselves are very separate mobs of people around australia and the ones in the north don't necessarily have anything in common with the ones down south because it's different seasons different foods different histories and stories so um yes so it is quite fascinating to listen to these stories uh, and and really look at our impact, or of colonization on the Aboriginal people, so that'll be really uh, good. I'll be listening to some stories on Tuesday, mm.
1: and and on Monday here in the United States, it's Memorial Day, so it is all about remembering the veteran, uh, not veterans, but the those who have passed uh, from World War II.
2: Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, is there a statue so... or anywhere or, or a, a time? Uh, you or know, I,
1: the, the particular services, I believe each town individually has a service. And I know in the town that I live in, which is Western in Massachusetts, there is this be- really great memorial service uh, held on the Western Town Green. It is, I think the formal name is Landry Park. It's right across from the Western Town Hall. They plant uh, flags, little tiny flags all oh. around the park just so that it, it it shows respect. So there's a service at 10 a.m. I was actually thinking of going now that I've sort of been studying this a lot more <laughs> yeah. and understanding more about it.
2: Yeah. So, well. Yeah. I think because uh, here we give a minute silence while the bugle plays the, mm. the particular song. Can't remember the song name. That's really bad. Um, but is it so it's just the planting of the trees there's not a minute silence type thing is that I, I can, uniquely Australian
1: no that I think it is very similar over here you yes. do you do um, show respect by um, showing silence uh, yes. or being yes. silent for a certain amount of time exact proceedings I couldn't tell you so I think mm. when I go on Monday I will learn
2: Mm, oh, absolutely yeah i've only ever seen
1: anzac day um services and um sort of remembrance because of you know growing up through school and just attending attending each service um yeah yes
2: yeah definitely all right so should i re- read <laughs> you're reading
1: <laughs> I, can read. I don't mind well i'm happy to. oh right, i can yeah, start yeah.
2: It's, okay. it's okay okay go <laughs> Chapter ahead 10 Back to Oz. Mm. During the period I was in Ley, the bomber Enola Gay dropped the atom bomb on Hiroshima or Hiroshima, thereby terminating the war and altering history forever. Of immediate concern to me was the announcement that all Western Australian troops not currently attached to the unit were to be transported to their state of origin. This was music to my ears. The 2 Ninth Commando Squadron plus the rest of the cavalry regiment had got themselves into all kinds of bother with some suicide Japanese troops at Werwak. Right at the last gasp of the war and after, they really did not require my presence or help. My passage to Australia on the SS Omistron, oh, sorry, Ormiston Ormiston Ormiston. was sorry? Ormiston. 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 Oh no. So well. (laughs) Was arranged in a very short time. The Ormiston was or had been a passenger and cargo ship on the islands run pre-war. It was now fitted out as a troop ship with steel bunks occupying all the available deck space. It was intended the troops should be fed in the spacious saloon below decks, but the first whiff I had of the stale food smell coming up the grand stairway to the saloon convinced me it would be better to have all my meals on deck. The ship's stewards, wise in the ways of soldiers with delicate stomachs, we were happy to bring big containers of meals up on deck where, for there were many others similar to me, we served, ourse- we served ourselves. The weather was fine for the whole trip and the hatch covers made excellent two up areas. All my available cash was dissipated, sorry, uh, <laughs> was, yeah, dissipated very early in the voyage. So I retired to my bunk and read and watched the ocean go by. Mm. A day or two before we were due to land, which port we had no idea through cans was a hot favourite, a number of rumours spread around the ship. Customs officers were going to do a thorough search of all the kit bags and body search each and every one of us. They were interested in all contraband and particularly American cigarettes, illegal weapons, and a bird of paradise feathers. There were going to be, sorry, there were going to be scores of heavily armed military police waiting for us and several army black marriers, paddy wagons, to (laughs) to cart away the evildoers. My own collection of contraband was zero, but other people had stacks of it. And I just have to quickly reiterate in there before Janica takes over that Australia has not changed. <laughs> They're still really heavy on making sure nothing of contraband enters Australia. And it does not yes. matter if you're from another country or from Australia. It's yeah. still, I always get nervous coming back to Australia. I'm like, Oh no, have I got something I'm not meant to have? <laughs> Definitely.
1: <laughs> I hear you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You do not want to bring something into Australia, which you should not bring into Australia. Yes. They are not lenient. Keep that in mind. (laughs) No. Even in WA, honey. No loud honey. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. The last day out of port was an education in the scrounging nature of some Australian troops. From my bunk on the lee side of the ship, I witnessed a procession of furtive servicemen carrying goods to dump over the ship's rail. There were sem- several Thompson machine guns, <laughs> dozens of round mags, of the round magazines to fit them, Luger pistols, dozens of Colt revolvers, one Bren gun, a Japanese woodpecker heavy machine gun in pieces bayonets, knives, and a couple of swords. A few, artillery, a few artillery pieces would not have surprised me. A number of troops ridding themselves of contraband had not wanted to start World War III. They were disposing of four-gallon, 30-litre, square kerosene drums, carefully soldered, airtight and containing cartons of American cigarettes. Mm. These were more valuable than money because cigarettes were rationed in Australia. What was disturbing was the number of gorgeous fans made of the bodies of tail feathers of up to six birds of paradise being dumped far out at sea. The thousands of cigarettes being disposed made me twitch with Jealousy, too. It was all in vain. Our port of call was Townsville, and there was no one to greet us. There were a few trucks to take us to to the leave and transit depot. A transport corporal and his drivers were the only people in uniform on the wharf. No customs officers, no military policemen, not even one of our own officers was there to greet us when we went ashore if the ship's captain had turned a blind eye we could have stolen the lifeboat the anchors and the funnel and no one would have been the wiser thinking of all the valuable gear which had been thrown away made me feel very smug my only loss was a few dollars at two up (laughs) (laughs) the game of two up or swive was played everywhere there were australians servicemen anywhere the coins could be spun or dice rolled there would be a sway. from the germany sorry from the german sway or two game Why? started i spy yeah ah game started there were there was reportedly a huge game at hollandia in what was then dutch new guinea all nationalities used to play the, at the game there and the exchange rates between the different countries were calculated by the boxer, the person running the game. He managed the rates of exchange between Australian pounds, pounds sterling, Dutch guilders and American dollars. Quite an achievement as the game is very fast. Yeah. And have we talked about 2UP and how it's only uh you can only play it now uh, legally on anzac day i think it is Uh, it's
2: illegal but it's only played legally on anzac day yes I.
1: yes it's illegal 364 days of the year in australia but (laughs) it is legal to play on anzac day okay very good (laughs) continuing on except for the field trip on the trans australia train Nothing of note remains in my memory of the journey home to Western Australia. On the trans train, I imagined it was a misfortune to be allocated a seat on a cattle truck. Actually, it was converted. It was a converted goods wagon. There were only six of us in the truck and it was much more comfortable than any other of my journeys across the continent.
2: One of the few notable memories of what was to be the last journeys over the Nullarbor Plain was meeting up again with the person whose leg had been punctured by the boomerang.
0: No,
1: sir.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He was still under (laughs) medical supervision and travelling first class, which limited our chances of conversation. What? On one of the sidings, a fuel and water stop, there was a rake of railway trucks with a dozen or so tanks on it. The tanks were part of the equipment of a merchandised regiment and the troops who had Mechanized. to accompany the tanks were extremely disconsolate. Disconsolate? Dis- disconsolate, Sorry. yeah. There we go. Okay, thank you. They said they were... Sorry. <laughs> All right, let me start again. Ooh. They said they had been on the train for over a week. The war was over, but they were still proceeding to protect Western Australia, and they were out of food, tobacco, beer, and seemingly everyone had forgotten them. (laughs) There were horror stories of troops who had, for various reasons, spent as long as three weeks crossing the Nullarbor Plain. It was an easy place to become forgotten, those troopers had my sympathy. Wow, I'd love to hear one of those stories.
1: Mm.
2: My only other recollection of returning to the West was the purchase of a large bar of chocolate in Kalgoorlie. Whoa. Chocolate was almost unobtainable for civilians. And for once in a long period, my family came in for a little consideration, but it was, it stowed carefully away in my kit bag. no, it was shoved regardless into my uh, greatcoat pocket where it mingled with accumulated debris. Ew. <laughs> my, my dear mother said it was the thought which counted.
1: It <laughs> oh. <laughs> must have melted and mangled it, been, become mangled. <laughs> oh,
2: I guess if you haven't come across chocolate before, you wouldn't know what it's like, but yes.
1: Or if you had and you just, you know, it, yeah. it was rationed, right? So,
2: oh, yeah. Well, he was, was a young yeah. man. Mm, he
1: uh, probably point
2: disregard to these sorts of things. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Eventually, the time came for me to report <laughs> for duty. It had long been an ambition of mine to come to trans uh, become a transport driver, and although my ambitions had no bearing on the result, I was second to the one hundred and twenty fourth general transport company for the remainder of my army career. Although the war was over I had never considered being demobilized. There was a point system operating for discharge from the armed services in which preference was given to married men and people in settled occupations such as farmers, tradesmen and anyone else whose abilities were essential to the civilian economy. Except for length of service, my score of points was very low. The transport unit stationed at Greylands had an immediate problem of teaching about two dozen of us, all from various other units, how to drive. It may seem amazing now when children seem to be able to drive straight from the pram (laughs) that a group of young men could have no idea of being able to drive a vehicle But that was indeed the case. Times have changed. (laughs) I don't know what he thinks about young people.
1: (laughs) He doesn't have much respect for them by the sound of it. (laughs) That's interesting. Wow. You kind of forget during World War II how so many resources were, uh, monetary resources were placed toward the war effort. So yes. the I'm sure luxury, all luxuries, right? I remember grand our grandmother Be- Betty talking about before she met Granddad, how she was a young teacher, very young teacher. So our grandmother, how old was she? She was ten years older than our grandfather. Was she? Perhaps yes. She was. She was a little more. Um. Yes I remember her saying that she was after she graduated from UWA she became a teacher but yes. she couldn't find any postings in Perth and really wanted to teach at a school in Perth and she was teaching sort of younger children at the time primary school chil- children I think but uh, but she ended up taking a post remotely in, in the southwest of Australia sort of Uh, I think along the stop of the train that goes from the west to the east and so she would talk about how it was really hard to even get golf balls because she loved to play golf and because it was really hard for remote country towns to get teachers to stay uh, they the the town people and the farmers really wanted to keep her happy so they would uh, request golf balls have them stuffed inside carcasses of you know uh, beef and and inside and then when the train would stop they would remove the golf balls and um, give some of them to grandma because they wanted to keep her happy and wanted her to keep educating the children, <laughs> so she educated grade one through to grade twelve, I believe. And it'd be, you know, like, uh, fifteen children
2: in the school or, or something. Let so me reframe wasn't. that golf ball. She managed to get black market gear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did because she loved to play golf, and it just that is so good that they had to smuggle them in. <laughs>
2: oh my yes, gosh that's
1: something great. as simple as a golf ball so you know what we take for granted today is just it, it's yeah. eye-opening when you do hear
2: these stories from you from yeah for sure yeah oh my gosh. that's great I had had no idea about that with grandma that was <laughs>
1: <great>. she has <laughs> her own great stories I must say
2: she does and um just for the viewers I had Asked her in video, sorry, not video, but audio recorded a whole bunch of um, just conversations with grandma later in life, uh, just listening to some of the the things she had gone through and how she'd grown up But didn't get that story, unfortunately, but she might have forgotten it by then because she was losing her memory. Um, but my lovely three-year-old son, at the time, found them and deleted them off my phone. Oh, I was absolutely devastated. well. Luckily,
1: luckily, I recorded when I flew to Australia. I don't know if I told you this. I actually video recorded conversations, oh. asking Grandma, you know, twenty-one questions. She, at the time, she had lost some of her memory and couldn't recall some how to answer the the memories so I have them somewhere I just I I need to find them but it it is fascinating she she has this she's such a um, sort of she's a woman who was a pioneer of her time she traveled all over Western Australia because of her remote postings And, and it's actually the reason why she was she'd moved up to the northwest and ended up meeting granddad and was yes. the one of the only women who could actually dance so our grandfather could take her for a twirl on the floor at some sort of yes. dance at a pub and or something in fact, there's,
2: um another <laughs> family member of ours Anne. um our dad's Auntie Anne, and she's done the same thing. She's kind of walked those same footsteps where wow. she's become a teacher yeah. in remote communities. She actually wrote, has worked remote, remote. Um, and one of the last times I saw her, which was years ago, she had just come back from or was about to go to the Central um, Western Australia um, uh, school, and it was literally, like, literally on the border of western australia halfway to the northern territory <laughs> like, or South yeah so australia. really yes. really remote if you if you have yeah, a look wa good. is the second largest state in the world so um you're going to be what? desert really yeah i had no yeah. idea no no goodness <laughs> i don't know what the first is but it's worth a look up if you ever are curious Anyway, so that's uh, all from us for this particular episode. So thank you, Jenica, for uh the little excerpt of the chapter. And I do apologize for my terrible reading this time.
1: Oh my goodness, <laughs> you were fine. Thank you for listening uh, and je- thank you, Jess. Uh we I and we're finishing off, I I think. The next chapter, we'll we'll actually be finishing off this season. Uh, Really? I think I'm going to interview our father to talk about his perspective on granddad's memoirs. So that's going to come up as well. Wonderful. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. See you then. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening. Hit the subscribe button if you'd like access to the newest episodes as they release. We love that you want to hear what Ernie had to say, and he had a lot to say. Stay tuned for more to come.